G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. We're back talking some more about Australia's Christian heritage today with the author of the history of Australia, but from a history point of view that you might not have seen around, the Christian history of Australia, the book called One People, One Destiny. Mike Spencer is back with us. Hello, Mike. Welcome back to 2020. Hi, Neil. Good to be here. Mike, to talk to you today about some elements of history, and sometimes history can be very dry when you talk about dates and personalities, although all of those personalities have a story. Today, to talk about Australia's Christian heritage in light of the idea of moral reform. Uh, When we talk about moral reform, uh, dealing with a particular time when there were some major changes in Australia's history, and really we're talking late 19th century, In a nutshell, uh, in the lead up to these great moral reforms as they were happening, there was a progression of the establishment of the church, of schools, of hospitals, of good things that were happening. There were also all sorts of bad things were happening as well with violence uh, with the Aboriginal people uh, and uh, some dreadful atrocities that were being committed. When we talk about moral reform, what are we talking about in relation to Australia's Christian heritage? We're basically talking about um, areas in the late 1800s, early 1900s. The two main focuses for moral reform were looking at the effects of alcohol, basically alcohol abuse, looking at the abuse of the Christian Sabbath, the Sunday, and of course other areas of sexuality. Um, They were also a focus too. Some of that dates right back to the early arrival of the First Fleet and the alcohol that got out of control when uh, those who were in authority, those uh, military officers, were in fact using alcohol as a currency. And uh, there were all sorts of challenges there. And I recall that when Samuel Marsden arrived in Australia as a follow-up chaplain beyond the original, uh, that uh, he became known as the flogging parson because he took a very, very harsh response to what was happening with the use of alcohol in the colony. And as I understand it, the colony almost collapsed because of it. And alcoholism kept a hold in a number of streams throughout Australia's history in that first century. Definitely. Alcoholism was a major problem in the late 1800s because the sale of alcohol was virtually unrestricted. And we might, we know it's still a problem in our society today, but it was, it was perhaps a greater problem back in the late 1800s. And Christians viewed this as a serious threat to society, rightly so. Um, the effect on families, the effect on work, the effect on many areas of society of alcohol. And of course, today we may laugh at this and say, well, that's a little old fashioned, but it was not. It was a very serious matter to Christians back in those days. And of course, the predominance of the number of people who named themselves as Christian meant that when there were people who were arising to bring reform, they were coming from a Christian foundation and speaking with authority into the circumstance where alcohol was out of control. Most of the people of Australia, in fact, in 1891, 95% of um, the 
people of uh, the Europeans of, of New South Wales claimed to be Christians um, in 1890, almost half of the population of Victoria uh, were, t- were attending church every Sunday, and so there was a um, so there was a, 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 the society was much more Christian in those days than it is now, and Christian values were much more highly honoured in those days than they are today. And in earlier conversations where we've talked about the law in Australia being based on the Ten Commandments, uh, then Christians, when they had an opportunity to speak into political reform and social reform, there was an authority that they were coming with in, in order to be able to help to change the environment. Definitely. Uh, the good example of this, of course, is the Sabbatarian movement, which, which was based on the, um, the commandment to keep the Sabbath to the Lord, for the Lord. And uh, so out of that developed the whole Sabbatarian movement of keeping Sunday as a day which was specially devoted to, to God. And the temperance movement, which was dealing more directly to with uh, the issues of alcohol in Australia? Yes, definitely. The temperance movement, um, it had two aims, basically. There are two parts of the temperance movement. There was the movement to um, persuade people not to drink, to sign the pledge quote, as they said. And there was also uh, the other aspect of the temperance movement, which was to ban the sale of alcohol altogether, which we sometimes refer to as prohibition. Okay, we have significant issues with alcohol even today. And some people will say, well, it's the most prevalent drug in our society. So the issues of alcohol haven't gone away. Have they been contained, though, uh, going right back there uh, to the late 19th century uh, to see that there was a movement of Christians uh, who were bringing some sort of control around the alcohol abuse? I think um, there is still a major alcohol problem in our society today. Perhaps Christians are taking more of a relaxed attitude towards it in the sense that I would say most Christians today believe that the Bible does not prohibit the drinking of alcohol. The problem, of course, is is when the drinking of alcohol gets out of hand and then we have addictions. There are many many things that God gives us the liberty to do. He gives us the liberty to drink. To drink alcohol in moderation, he gives us the liberty to to eat food in moderation. He gives us the liberty to enjoy sex within the boundaries of marriage. But these things can be abused, and they can become addictions. And of course, you get pornography, and these things can become addictions. But that's not God's purpose. God's purpose is to exercise for us to exercise self control. Interestingly, when we reflect on the temperance movement and the image that might come to mind for a lot of people is uh, some grey-haired ladies uh, who are waving a big stick saying, you know, you're not allowed to drink that alcohol. And, uh, you know, some of us might have had access uh, to people who were coming even when we were in our childhood who were part of the temperance movement. And they have this sort of image of being a little bit mm, holier than thou, the the sort of, uh, you know, waving the big stick type of a Christian, almost with a bit of condemnation. But their hearts were certainly towards the control of a substance they recognized would destroy a nation. And they wanted to control the abuse of alcohol. And they had good motives in what they were doing. Yes, definitely. And I honor, I honor these people. Today we might smile about it, but I honour these people. They they fought for what they really believed was right, and and they had considerable success because remember, uh, the temperance movement was allied with the votes for women movement. In actual fact, South Australia in 1894 became the the first colony in Australia to actually give the vote to women, and in fact, New Zealand gave it 
to women in 1893, but in 1894, South Australia gave the vote to women. And that was largely as a result of the Christian temperance movement. Okay, so that movement evolved out of the temperance movement uh, to actually winning the vote for women. They thought that basically if women had the vote, then they would be able to control the uh, abuse of alcohol by the men. Okay. All right. Now, there's uh, there's some good reasoning behind uh, some justification for this movement. Uh, you're quoting in your book uh, a man named Bob Lindner who had some really good reasons why evangelicals should encourage sobriety. Yes, I'll just quote from his book. Um, the, he said the evangelicals of this period supposed that it was better that a sober man brought home his pay packet and instead of drinking it up at the pub. They supposed that it was better for a sober father to play with his children than for a drunken one to beat them. They supposed that it was better for the father to spend his money on food and clothing rather than drop a bundle on the ponies. And they supposed that a reliable employee was better than one who lost workdays and perhaps even a job because of hangovers. They supposed that society was better made up of sober, hard-working, family-orientated men rather than irresponsible, oppressive alcoholics. And I think that that really sums up their motivation fairly well. I suspect there might be some families now that would have hoped that their family members, as much as widespread as they may be, and where alcohol abuse has been rife, uh, that there might have been more impact in their particular families because those are very, very good uh, motivations to be able to uh, control the spread of alcohol abuse. Of course, uh, you mentioned that word Sabbatarianism, the idea of keeping Sunday as a day of worship. Uh, some of these things, they, they seem to be old hat now. They, they seem like we've become more sophisticated and we don't need that anymore. But these foundations are actually still very important to consider. It was based upon a reading of the commandment that to, uh, to, to keep the Sabbath day holy and it says, six days will you labor and do all your work, but the seventh is the Sabbath of the Lord. In it you shall do no work. Now the focus is on work. God saw because God rested on the seventh day. And if God can rest on one day of the week, then surely we should rest on one day of the week too. The whole idea is that we have a day of rest in the week. And I still, I think, still think that that's a valid concept today, that we have one day in the week where we actually rest. And, of course, uh, it went to extremes. It did go to extremes, for example, in, in, in some places in Australia, they would actually lock up the swings on the children's playground on the Sunday so children couldn't <laughs> use them. And you've all heard the horror stories about Victorian families and how they, children weren't allowed to play any games at all on the Sunday. They just had to read improving books. Well, well, in some cases, it went to an extreme. But I think the concept of having one day a week when you actually rest from your labours would do a lot of good for a lot of people. The principle still holds firm and uh, doing away with a biblical idea of a rest one day in seven uh, has its major ramifications and uh, people are obviously living in stresses that they might not be living in uh, had they been uh, looking to the law of God in that. Uh, lots of good things to talk about, uh, some powerful issues to do with the moral concerns, moral reform that's happened in Australian society where the Christian church has been right at the centre of that. I'll point people to getting a hold of the book. The book is called One People, One Destiny. 
One People, One Destiny. The author of the book is Mike Spencer. And you can get a hold of the book when you go online at vision.org.au. Simply find a link for Vision Store and you'll be able to get a hold of it. Mike Spencer, always good talking. Thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand. Or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.